You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. Welcome to this Future Net Zero podcast. Today, Future Net Zero founder Summit Bose is joined by Natasha Mahmoudian, Head of Public Affairs for Electric Vehicles and Centrica Business Solutions, as they discuss changing attitudes towards EVs, the lessons we can learn from lockdown, and EV infrastructure changes. Welcome to this Future Net Zero podcast. My name is Sumit Bose, founder of Future Net Zero, and today I'm joined by Natasha Mahmoudian from British Guest, who's in charge of public affairs for electric vehicles and Centrica Business Solutions. Wow, there's a job title, Natasha. Indeed, indeed. When it comes to EVs, you know, the world has changed. I mean, we started Energy Live News 10 years ago, and an EV was a boxcar. It was the G-Wiz. And I remember going for a drive in the in the Tesla Roadster, thinking, well, this is all fun, but they'll never take on. Can you imagine the world that has become reality in the last 10 years, how EVs have gone from niche or kind of slightly weird eco to just the car of the future? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's such a good point. So there's a little bit of background about me. So I've been kind of working in the transport space and environment space for about 12 years now in, in various guises across my career. So I've absolutely been on that journey of, of seeing things start from very niche to becoming really mainstream. And I think, you know, 2020 was a really difficult and strange year for us and certainly not what we would have hoped for. And I think that there's been a huge amount of work moving up to this point. And clearly there was the net zero commitment that came before that and then late last year we saw this fantastic commitment from the government to end the sale of new petrol and diesel cars by 2030 so i think for me that's a huge tipping point for us it's now really changed the way that people are looking at it i think that's the thing that actually you know for all the things that have happened during this year and it's been a very difficult year obviously i think covid has put into focus the issue of kind of transport because particularly lockdown one, God, we've got so many now, but anyway, lockdown one, <laughs> that moment when you, you went out and there were no cars and there was no noise and you could breathe easily. And then people suddenly thought, well, actually I could get about on a bike or walk. Do you think that was quite a pivotal moment about how people are seeing transport in general? Because I think it affected, it affected me, loads of my friends and lots of people I've spoken to in the industry. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, do you know what? I couldn't agree with you more. And, and strangely enough, I wrote a, a nice little LinkedIn article about just exactly this, where having this moment to kind of stop and wait. And do you know what? It does seem a very long time ago. I can't really even think back to it. It feels like such a long time ago. But it was like the roads were completely clear. Yeah. Everything was quiet. And I, I live in London. So yeah. I actually remember yeah. just seeing how blue and clear the skies were. It was amazing. You know, so so I think that really was a pivotal point. And I, I do wonder whether that has given us a little bit more of the kind of impetus for the government to be able to make these fantastic big announcements around electric vehicles. And, you know, if I talk a little bit about that, you know, this this announcement is really paving the way for some huge items that are going to be coming up throughout uh, 2021 and beyond. So if I take you through a few of them. You know, the first one is obviously 2020. In November, we see this announcement. Then we're kind of seeing the size of, I suppose, the size of the prize and the challenge. So if I take you through some stats, 2020 saw an uptick of around 180% in EVs. And, you know, the challenge that we've got to get to. So right now, 2020, one in 10 vehicles were either plug-in hybrid or EV. And now they 
basically we need to move in nine years to 10 out of 10. So it's a pretty big challenge. And there's a lot of items coming through around infrastructure, which I think is going to be absolutely pivotal. I think it's generally agreed that, you know, charging infrastructure is pretty difficult to access sometimes. You know, there's been great progress in rolling it out, but definitely more needs to be done. So there are quite a few funding announcements we've seen around, well, there's three key areas, actually. We've seen more money being pumped into rapid charging. So that fund itself has been increased from 500 million up to 950 million by government. So this is really going to help with making sure that we've got motorway charging stations and also what they call strategic roads. So helping everyone to get around the backbone of, of the UK. We've also seen a new fund as well. So that is around local rapid charging. So that's for 90 million. The rules of that are yet to be agreed, but again, one to keep an eye on. For on-street charging, we've seen um, that increase from 10 to 20 million. So that's going to help councils roll out for for people who don't have off-street parking. And then lastly, we've seen extensions to workplace charging and home charging schemes. So these give everyone £350 towards installing a charge point. And um, this has been extended to to people in rental properties and leasehold properties. So I think we're making some good progress, but there's still quite a long way to go, I think. You as a business, Centrica, the group, has made a big commitment. I mean, at the time of recording this, you've just announced that you're going to go net zero by 2045, five years earlier. But you've also made an announcement mm-hmm. around installing EVs yourselves for your customer base. And what, what, what is that one? Yeah, so so if I take you back a little bit, actually, so I think let's start with the net zero commitment. So yeah, that's a, that's a fresh one for 2045. And so that's about helping, that's about helping ourselves and customers to, to go net zero. So that's, I suppose, the, the overarching piece. When it comes to electric vehicles themselves, so we committed a while back in uh, probably over a year ago now to decarbonizing and going fully electric our 12,000 strong fleet by 2030. So that's now been moved forward to 2025, which again is absolutely fantastic. You know, for us, it's about leading the way. We see business as the opportunity to kind of lead the way with the fleet piece, which also helps with the second-hand market as well. So I think we've got an excellent leadership piece there as well. I think on top of that, we have committed as well to installing 23,000 charge points across 2021. And this will be in addition to the 17,000 we've already installed. And just to give you an idea of the places we've installed them, we've installed everything from home charge points uh, through to what's called ultra fast charging, which is 300 ki- 350 kilowatt charges. So for a company called Ionity. So not all cars can take that level of charge yet, but you know that's potentially where the future is going. So quite exciting as well. I mean, that's a massive number, 20, 20 odd thousand in, in what, nine months, 10, 10 months left. Well, I mean, how will you do this? Because when you look at charging and, and I, you know, I look around my streets, I live in London like you, and here and there, there's a couple of points. But, you know, you, you've got to have a massive process of annoying everyone digging up roads and putting these things in how how do you see that challenge how will you tackle challenges like that because you know you've got fleets yourself you've got customers with fleets if you go in and go we've got solution for you people go well hang on a second natasha how much time are you going to take to put all this in yeah. Okay. So do you know what? That is such a good question. And I, I would start from the, from the perspective, which is that for us as a business, we are concentrating 
less so on on the kind of public truly public charging infrastructure so because our i suppose our specialisms and and our so our area of expertise is is really in that kind of end to end of having let's say charging install and then having the connections but perhaps you don't need connections perhaps you can put solar in or a battery or something else to help with your on-site generation and that really lends itself towards kind of workplace type charging or what we call semi semi private, so perhaps car parks or destinations yeah. like hotels. So so for us, yes, it's a huge challenge. And let me break it down into two. So on the British gas side for so for consumers and homes, we we've got a couple of partnerships or actually more than a couple we've got a few but i'll just mention a couple we've uh, set up partnerships with uh, the likes of vw um, and ford to help with home installations and also linked energy tariffs and then on the workplace side we're also helping with companies such as abb to install charging both in the workplace and at home to take account of that whole working from home piece but we're also working more broadly with larger kind of larger businesses and car parks etc so for us it's spanning across the whole piece british gas itself will have 175 uh, dedicated electric vehicle engineers very soon actually this year to help with that challenge as well so yeah i think we're all we're moving in the right direction but but you know, and I get all of that, and I think that's all great. But what about the, that issue? You know, I'm I'm a I don't know, I'm a factory. Where I've got a bit of solar. I've got a fleet of trucks, and I say to you, come and sort me out. How much of a disruption will it be? Are you going to have to put in massive infrastructure for me to have this? Uh, what would you say to customers out there who are thinking, what is the challenge for me to 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 electrify my fleet? And and if I asked you at Centrica Business British Gas to do it. How much time would you take me to do it? Oh gosh, that how long's a piece of string? I think that is a good question. Um, for but you see what I mean? I mean, people, people would look at it and go, it, "That might be a, a thing that would put them off because they might want to do yeah. it." But they might think, "Yeah, you know, Would you say that actually it's not as difficult as as I might assume to to to? to yeah. So. Yeah, no. So I, I just when I say how long is a piece of string, I think it really depends on on individual cases, right, and how long it will take. So let's take, um, for example, let's take a car park in a workplace. It might not be as yeah. difficult as you think. So the, the first piece is, is looking at connection. So have you got enough capacity in order to connect up however many EV charge points you want? So that's your first question. The answer might be yes. If it's yes, then brilliant. We can just come in and and install what you need. And you might look to have some on-site generation for resilience reasons, for example, but you might not need it. So so that's the piece. We've also got software we're working on to help with billing and keeping all of that flowing quite nicely and being able to kind of help employees be reimbursed for charging, that kind of stuff. So so that's I suppose scenario number one scenario number two if you need an additional connection you know that is potentially going to cost more and also take longer so the the main reason for that is that you'll need to go through the DNO in order to basically get a cost for it and obviously for it to be signed off and if you've got to dig up any roads then yes there are very live conversations about how you know how best to do that and how to to deal with that issue is a kind of known issue within industry so I think, you know, with that connection piece, if you if you want to, you can look at on-site generation and that's something we do. Um, or you can look to up, upgrade the DNA connection or you could do a bit of both. So I'd probably say it's not as bad as you think, but like certainly I think we've got quite a lot of experience in working across that whole piece. Uh, so so we'd like to think that we could do it reasonably easily. Can you come in and just like, you know, I'm running my business. I don't want to deal with the pain of all of this. Can you come in and go, do you know what? We'll take off your hands. We'll do an audit. We'll, we'll find out how much power you need. We'll do all of this and, and do a sort of one-stop shop. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, end-to-end delivery, as we call it, is 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 what we is what we're in the business of. So we can come in and sort that solution for you uh, from start to finish, through installation, through to getting it working, and then also doing all the operation operations and maintenance afterwards as well. What about looking at the future? And as you said, you know, before we started recording, I told you that I've my my contract and my car's up, and they've rung me up from the car company I'm with, and they've said, "Oh, would you like a new car at the same price?" I said. Okay, and they said, where's petrol? I said, well, I don't want a petrol. They went, oh, well, if you want to get an EV, that's going to cost you a lot more. Are we on the right track? Because at the end of the day, that's a big thing. Why why do I want to pay more for something that's going to be good for the planet if if actually in straightened times, the money argument is so difficult for us to to deal with? Now, I I don't want to. I might just decide I'm I'm not going to go and do that and, and try and get something different. But... You see where I'm coming from. The, the 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 problem for most of us is the the desire to go green, and then it comes with a price tag. Should government yeah. be doing some more support around that? Yeah, do you know what that is such a good point, and I think people continue to talk about it. So when when I think about barriers to electric vehicles, I'm sure lots of people agree will agree having the charging infrastructure itself is one item but the cost is certainly another item so we we found around 60 percent of people that we surveyed we did a survey of 2000 60 percent cited price as a barrier and around about 50 percent said infrastructure so they're definitely top two items so yeah i mean look with with regards to the price you know i'm not a car um manufacturer so um you know it is generally agreed that the price is going to come down potentially towards the like, middle of the 2020s there is obviously some debate on that scale isn't it yeah as that scale exactly yeah. absolutely but no you're right today it, it does cost you more and today you can still get the purchase grant and you know potentially that will continue but essentially at some point it will need to be replaced once there is a tipping point and I think probably the, the bigger question on, on all of this is, you know, yes, the government's supporting in the interim, but how do we get to a place where A, there's a tipping point on price and B, we've actually got the supply of the electric vehicles in the country because at the moment we just don't. So as an example, we ordered a thousand Evavares last year and that represented 50% of Vauxhall's supply to the UK. Wow. So, Incredible. It's it's a big yeah, big stat, right? So definitely we need to do more there. And I think in short, if we if we look at that area of stimulating supply, we're we're not on track. We're really not. We're not going to meet the twenty thirty target to end the sale of, of petrol and diesel vehicles. We just won't. And and this is because there's a regulatory tool that has historically played a really important role in stimulating the supply of EVs. And and the the target there is not aligned with 2030. Now, we shouldn't necessarily be surprised because obviously 2030 has just been announced and the government will be looking at it. But, you know, there will be potentially more policy interventions needed. Now, I'll give you an example of one of those. So something called a zero emission vehicle mandate. So this is not new. It's been used in California for decades and most recently in China, actually. And if you fancy doing some extra reading, there are some really good papers from the Policy Exchange and the Green Alliance that can tell you more about it. But really what it is in a nutshell is the government will decide on, you know, a certain proportion of vehicles that need to be produced each year and they'll need to be zero emission and then what it does is it basically ramps up until a certain date in our case 2030 to make sure that all vehicles produced are 100 percent. so i'm sure you can imagine a bit of a thickness of the curve might be slightly different but you know you can see a curve ramping up up to that point of 100 percent. so you might want to see something like that to help and like you say with scale hopefully the prices would start to it would, it would start to have a positive impact on prices as well look i think that you know you're right i think we you know to be fair to government 
things have been announced just at the end, in the middle of a pandemic, all of these things, and these things do take time. But <clears throat> having ambitious targets focuses the mind. Are we ready mm -hmm. just to end with for, you know, is the system ready? I spoke to, you know, the head of infrastructure in, in London and the electricity demand in the next five years for, for what they predict the number of EVs will come on is the equivalent mm -hmm. of building another sort of 8 million houses in London, mm -hmm. you know, the equivalent electricity load. So do you think we as a, a country are ready to have an energy system that can cope with the demand and, and the opportunity, but the demand that EVs will place on the, on the networks? Do you know what? That is such a good question. And people have said different things at, at different times. But I think it's generally agreed that actually the energy system will be able to cope. And I'll, I'll take you through kind of some of the changes we're seeing. So if we start really top level, getting to net zero, like you say, is going to have lots of different changes to the way that we use our energy. So if we take the first one, first of all, we've got renewables. So you know, that's an obvious one. Government's committed to 40 gigawatts of power. So this is about four times the amount we've got today. And new renewables are going to need to be managed differently. So, you know, it's it's different from the kind of centralised power stations we used to have. So that's the first one. So ultimately, what does this mean? We've got to be more flexible. We've got to be able to store our energy and ch easily change when we use it. So the good news about this particular piece is that electric vehicles themselves can be part of the storage solution and also can be more flexible in the way they charge. So, you know, smart charging is going to be really important. The government is due to actually announce their, their thoughts around smart charging in the coming months, actually. So that, that's another one to watch. And as British Gas as well, we're, we're get, we've just got involved in a vehicle to grid trial to understand how this flexibility might work in their home. So if I think through the second one, like you say, widespread uptake of electric vehicles. So that is absolutely, you know, going to add an additional load that we didn't have, obviously electricity rather than petrol. And then the third one is around decarbonising heat, which we definitely shouldn't forget about. So that will also put an additional electric load there when we move from natural gas at the moment to most likely a combination of electric and hydrogen. So I think what I would say is with those three key shifts, you know, I covered it a bit in the first one. The main point is that we really need to start being flexible in the way that in the way yeah. that we use energy. That that's that, that's really the key message. I suppose to end with the real question is, you know, where do people start? I assume you'd say, give me a call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Gosh, I'd be missing a trick if I didn't say that, right? So no, but in all seriousness. Centrica can help with that. We're navigating through our own journey with regards to electrifying our own British gas fleet. So, so we are learning those lessons and helping our customers to do the same. For consumers, our British gas brand is helping with the installations in, in homes. So across the board, we can absolutely help. It is, a it is difficult, though, to understand where you need to start. But, uh, but I do wonder whether just understanding which part of your you know, building or electricity, um, sorry, EV, piece you actually want to decarbonize so that might be a good place to start to start the conversation yeah and i think the other thing is you know like we've got it on here on the platform there's news there i think that you know wherever you go th this will continue to grow won't it i mean th this is our future isn't it evs Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there are, I think, absolutely EV is the future. And I, I'm really pleased to see that it has had that tipping point. And I, I do think we have to put credit where credit's due with all the work across industry and then government taking that decision for 2030 is going to make a huge difference. It's it just got that really nice piece of clarity that everyone knows what they're shooting for. So I feel like we've got to succeed now. I think probably would be a miss not to talk about 
how do you deal with kind of heavier heavier vehicles and so there probably is a role for hydrogen in that space i think we haven't quite got there yet but again the government are going to be talking a little bit about how hydrogen plays into this as well and and the kind of bigger energy and uh, heating questions as well so it, it doesn't i think we we tend to look at electric vehicles sometimes in its own little box but it's super important that we don't we've got to look across the board on what really needs to be done for net zero really natasha thanks very much for your time and if anyone wishes to get in touch with you, happy to share some details or some contact details so that people can take it on to the next stage and understand a little bit more about Absolutely, yes, I would love to. I, I, I mean, I'm very sad. I love talking about electric vehicles and charging. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm not sure I should admit that, right? But I genuinely, I love it. So, yeah, absolutely happy for people to contact me. Excellent. Natasha, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast along with our partner, British Gas. This has been a promoted podcast. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.